listening to the Polygon Podcast. In this episode, a conversation with artist Daria Akai and arts educator Stephanie Bokenfor about Akai's exhibition, Maidan. Maidan is on now at the Polygon until August 1. Be sure to click subscribe and enjoy. All right, so here we are, Monday morning in Daria Akai's installation. Daria, thank you so much for your installation or exhibition here. I'm really excited to get into it with you. Thank you. Uh, as we get going, I, I thought that maybe we could start with a little conversation. Um, so what does the word and place Maidan mean to you, thinking of you know memories and lived experience, and how does that affect or interact with some of the concepts or underpinnings of this exhibition, which is also called Maidan? I think the concept of Maidan kind of came even like a little bit later in some ways. Like, um, I'd been thinking about making an installation that that um, kind of requires a, like a, a life inside of it, like it to be activated, but not just activation, but also upkeep and um, labor, I guess, and about kind of like people and space and interaction and like in public space, I guess. And um, thinking about these concepts and, and trying to translate them into an installation and into sculptures, I think at one point it kind of dawned, dawned on me that like my, um, my like, what is the word? Not nostalgia, but like love in some ways for like Turkish markets and it, the kinds of spaces that they're built in, um, you know, some of them are like thousand-year-old maidans that have been used as bazaars for like yeah, centuries, I guess. Um, and the kind of like architectural public spaces, I guess, and the way that they allow for uh, commerce to happen, for people to, to come around them, and um, how temporary, they, like although the structures are, are very... Uh, they're public and they're they're stable. The the like what happens? The people coming in and out and the markets that happen they're very temporary. They're only set up for an afternoon or something. Um, so I think it it was kind of the realization that like what I valued and what I wanted to make were kind of aligning in in this idea of of maidan. But maidan also means um, you know, there's a lot of metaphorical usage of it too, lots, lots of poetic usages. Um, so something like uh, Maidanda means like at the Maidan, which also means exposed. And it means um, Maidanda means like out in the open. Mm -hmm. So I think in a way it's, it was, it's also kind of about, yeah, being, being like, art making as 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 being open as being vulnerable as being out in the open and um and i don't know true to itself mm. or true to me or something mm -hmm. yeah okay so maidan in turkey is like a functional marketplace where folks can come and get uh their groceries ingredients and various things needed you know for life and sustenance 
but this exhibition also called Nadon, it's clearly like an art exhibition. So I'm wondering to you if you can just sort of talk about what is the difference, where is the line between art and life? It feels, um, Maidan is it, it, like the surrounding of the polygon, like where we are situated, feels um, also very much like a Maidan with the, the sea bus being kind of a, a really uh, high traffic area, uh, transportation, the key with its kind of like tourist attraction, but also I think it's quite used by locals as well. Um, the seawall here that's kind of very actively used by pedestrians. There's a lot of designated seating areas, park areas, um, and also lots of restaurants and, and coffee shops, etc. So it the, the location, I think, of, of where the exhibition is has informed the exhibition and, and kind of like it's it's um, conceptualizing it's like it's coming together a lot I guess too so I kind of see the the way that like um, the, the the neighborhood or the 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 location of the of of the gallery informing the exhibition as well. It's I think it was kind of interesting for me to to conceptualize um, this project here because it makes sense within its context mm -hmm. to like it, its geographical context in some ways. Whereas if it was maybe somewhere that was less pedestrian accessible, for mm -hmm. example, it would be uh, it wouldn't make as much much sense to me to 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 realize it mm -hmm. there. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it has a lot to do with with um, things that are out of my control too that are mm -hmm. that are to do with the circumstance of where this is getting created and me getting um, inspired by those things and then integrating the life let's call it mm -hmm. into my work essentially mm -hmm. um, so that it's I mean a lot a lot of the times I keep things open until I'm in the space to be able to understand how uh, the staff, for example, works around it, how mm -hmm. the community that lives around here responds to the space and how what what the traffic, what the what the kind of like life around it looks like to be mm -hmm. able to, you know, match it or or talk about it or um, integrate it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the saying like, oh, it's a marketplace of ideas? It feels true in some ways um i think maybe sometimes i get scared that it's it's too um like commerce oriented mm -hmm. in some ways that a, a market is is very you know expecting a certain kind of exchange mm. uh you know if you buy something with your money and and like and and i think maybe i'm a little bit more interested in in i mean what i like in a market is is the recipes that that are spoken mm. when you ask a uh, a vendor like what something that you don't know is mm -hmm. um and 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 the kind of like the sharing of the knowledge mm -hmm. and it's it's a place where where even people who are who are there to buy they're kind of like they're exchanging ideas mm -hmm. and sometimes um it's also a space for, for just seeing people or relaxing or, or like window shopping in, in that, in that kind of sense of like how it doesn't have to be so 
exchange mm-hmm. based, but maybe a bit more. Um, there's a certain kind of like relaxedness to it for mm-hmm. for for some people sometimes, I guess. Um, but it, I mean, there is a lot of ideas embedded into this exhibition. Right. So it is kind of. Uh, for me, I think it's a marketplace of ideas, um, but it's also, it's hard to um, display that, yeah. I guess. Like, it's hard to be, like, to, to kind of display it in a way that people are kind of expecting it to be in, in the way that they expect things to be on display at a market, essentially, or something like that, if right. that makes sense. Yeah, so it's, like, less transactional and more sort of cyclical yeah. and um, a space for discovery and exchange and um, a welcoming space as well to be welcoming to, like, sort of get lost and mm-hmm. meander. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, on that sort of note of welcoming and accessibility, uh, why was it important for you to have your exhibition here uh, accompanied by a described tour um, and so connected to that, like what is it about your work that appeals to non-visual senses, do you think? Hmm. I've been getting a lot of feedback from people uh, who have been kind of, like just people coming and seeing the exhibition and when I'm around, a lot of people have been mentioning that I need to integrate um, integrate smell into my work Mm -hmm. and it's something i've 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 noticed and thought about i guess a lot because i work a lot with food Mm -hmm. which activates you know the taste and the smell and the sight Uh, and sometimes i mean i guess hearing sizzling and stuff too Mm -hmm. um so and a lot of people because every human being has a relationship to food uh and a lot of the times it's very opinionated uh, in in some ways it's it's similar to art and in some ways it's um, it's very different because people are more relaxed to, to talk about it um, so I think it's it's come through it's come through uh, realizing that I'm integrating different senses in my work and there is kind of a lot of a lot of conversation that happens with people um, so I've been thinking about, what it, what it means to be able to to access my work, um, not just through coming and looking at the things and not touching anything, but also making an exhibition that allows for a certain kind of kind touch to happen, mm-hmm. like depending on your intention. I'm not, I'm not kind of saying like come and change everything and touch mm-hmm. everything, but I'm also kind of keeping it a bit open by by um, maybe breaking down this kind of like this untouchable art object right. um, myth in some ways and making it a bit more uh, down closer to the ground in some ways where people maybe feel less um, uh, less like aura of the art mm-hmm. or something. And in some ways, I, I think about the described tour um, as, as another way to kind of perceive the work essentially mm-hmm. so if if um if one is not able to to come and see the exhibition they can maybe taste the exhibition mm-hmm. maybe they can hear what the exhibition uh sounds like like as kind of itself so integrating sound within the, the some of the works too mm-hmm. um but also being able to describe the objects the the kind of changing pace of the exhibition 
um, with a described tour, I think was is kind of was became important to me as I essentially through thinking about different senses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there's like there's many components in the exhibition that uh, invite tact- tact- tactility and to be touched and played yeah. with. So that's uh, that's wonderful. Um, and so description or describing an exhibition um, for non-visual listeners or non-visual learners is itself a form of translation. Um, and in this exhibition, there's, there's you know, some writing on the wall that's in Turkish words. So there's that level of translation of language as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if you can sort of talk about why is translation important to you? Yeah. Oh, that one is like... <laughs> I don't know, deep, like a deep one, deep cut. <laughs> it's it's so important because I feel like I'm doing it all the time mm. in some ways. And, um, and I don't know if that's, I mean, it's kind of a tiring thing in some ways too. Um, but I feel like partly it's because of my relationship to words mm-hmm. and to like, like, Writing is a big part of my practice that I also kind of maybe keep a bit more personal. Mm. Um, and uh, I process my thoughts a lot through writing. I am also kind of interested in what I've kind of learned and heard to be about, about like this idea of spontaneous intelligence, mm. um, which for me, I think comes a lot through talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find myself kind of, you know, going, I'm bilingual, uh, Turkish and English. Mm-hmm. And I, and I find myself, uh, going, going through the language in, in this, in this way that's kind of, um, kind of constantly like back and forthing in some mm-hmm. ways. I mean, also, uh, some of my close Turkish speaking friends and I, who, who also live in, live here, um, and, and, you know, speak as much English as I do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also kind of like, we speak a Turkish crossed with English that, mm. that like will conjugate uh, an English verb in a Turkish way or the or vice mm. versa. We'll, we will use a, an English noun and like, and conjugate it in the, in the Tur- with the Turkish suffixes or something. So it's kind of, it's really embedded in the way that I, that I, that I experience my life. It's, it's very bilingual mm-hmm. and um, and also I've I've been kind of doing a bit of research uh, and like or like not exactly research but like looking into the Turkish language too and, and seeing how much of it is is comprised of um, of Turkic words and Arabic words mm. and Farsi words especially um, it's a it's a very kind of like um, what's the word <laughs> like absorbed mm. language it's it's kind of a or like a porous yeah, yeah it's it's like it's assimilated in this way too um it turkified some of the parts but it's it's very um it has a lot of kind of like i don't know hidden meanings within the translations mm. so it's it's and i am also kind of interested in etymology for example so i think about words or I think about concepts and then think about what they are in English what they are in Turkish and then I look like to look at etymology of words to kind of understand the poetics behind Mm -hmm. it too because there is the way that language forms is it's 
it's similar to the way that I think about art making or something. It's ever changing, like something that was right. made or spoken two hundred years ago. Same word. It's it's a different word now because humans change and language changes mm-hmm. with it, and so does art essentially. And I think translation comes in there to kind of connect some dots maybe between how the change happens and how the transition happens and um, and also just about kind of trying to articulate the difference mm-hmm. essentially right yeah. yeah I think that with translation like it, whether it's multilingualism or from translating um, a visual experience to a non-visual uh, learner, there's a sort of responsibility there to find the right words or find yeah. the right way. I and mean, you never know if you're doing it right mm-hmm. or you feel uh, accountable to like make it more accessible. So there's something about translation that is very important and poetic. And sometimes yeah. words, um, words, words are very important, but can also be they can also fail us. But as you say, they just a fluidity in language and concepts changing over time and an openness to um, imagine different types of uh, pairings of words and experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a question. What what does your studio look like? Oh because God. this exhibition <laughs> made on sort of looks like it, it could be what your studio might look like because yes. you co- you seem to collect a lot of things, including your past works, uh, with you know objects, found objects, and you know cooking utensils and ingredients, and then you sort of assemble them all. So, what does your studio look like? <laughs> uh, usually, it's a complete utter mess of like collected stuff really (laughs) Uh, right now what it looks like is I just was like okay everything off the ground so uh, I just like was was like I have to be able to sweep the ground Mm -hmm. so all of the floors are nice but there's a lot of surface spaces in my studio kind of different heights of surface spaces I tend to I really like working on the floor and I like working on tabletops uh but usually tabletops just become like where i store all my objects and then if i want to do something i have to like kind of clean around the tape or either like i'm like exhaust or not exhaust what's the word i'm like uh stressed out and and need to clean the table or i clean like the floor next to the table and then like bring the things i need to work onto the floor um it's a lot of tools it's like a lot of wood that i it's a lot of it is materials i would Mm -hmm. say and um in some ways it looks it feels like the the uh busyness or the kind of like i don't know eclecticness of objects or the kind of like uh, the amount of stuff is similar, although this I would say is like aestheticized right. and pared down a bit curated. more. Cur- more curated here, yeah. yeah. Um, so it my studio is more like it looks like a recycling room or mm-hmm. something. Do you know what I mean? Like, but not org- not an organized one. So imagine one like that needs to be organized, and there's a lot of stuff that you can't throw out. <laughs> or I can't I should talk about myself I can't throw out and I don't want to so I think about I kind of like make these corners and think about like okay this is where like all the paper garbage is going to get stored so that I can I want to I don't want to get rid of this I want to be able to like either turn it into paper or turn it into soil so it's kind of like 
Oh, my friend Vivian calls it the spiritual technology of the mess. <laughs> and it's it's true. It's it does kind of have that um, that feeling of like I like to kind of accumulate things and 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 take long time to to let them sit and simmer and like look mm. at them to understand how they're going to develop and and sometimes after 2 months of staring at at a pile of something I'm like it's time to deal with this and sometimes I'm like it's time to get rid of it and sometimes it'll get integrated into a work and like kind of be a part of something. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a messy process place that like has highs and lows. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of your practice in this exhibition is about nourishment and offerings and invitation and I think that there's like a generosity there and, you know, the process of making uh, one ingredient become a different ingredient through letting it dry or dehydrate and then like stewing it or steeping it and then like turning it into something completely different. Mm -hmm. um, so I really love that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, just on that note, I thought because it's so your work is so much about nourishment, um, I'm wondering, like, you seem to be a really good and creative cook. <laughs> what is your favorite food to eat? And what is your favorite food to cook and oh, share for folks? I love these questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I got to give it to chicken <laughs> as my favorite food. It's probably, I, I like chicken a lot. It's, it's one of my like comfortest foods, I would say. Um, and... But I mean, also like it depends on who's cooking, right? Like, like if I'm eating it, if I'm eating outside, then I kind of like to go to these places that make me feel. I mean, I love like noodles. Um, <laughs> I love dough-based things. I love like stuffed dough-based things, like soupy. Like manta is a Turkish one that's like you know tiny dumplings with um, mm -hmm. meat in them, and it's like a an oniony broth, um, like a meat broth with uh, pepper paste, and like you eat it with garlic yogurt. It's one yeah. of my favorite foods too. Um, and my favorite food to, but what I was gonna say about eating the food, it's it's kind of about like who's cooking it too. So if it's my, you know, my maternal grandma, it's something. If it's my, like my maternal grandma had makes this um, carrot and. Um, <laughs> What is it? It's like carrot lamb rice mm. dish. It's just like the simplest one pot like rice dish. And it's the, one of my favorite foods in the world. My paternal grandma, probably her dolma, like either mm. grape grapevine, stuffed grapevines, or her um, okra, her sour okra is amazing. And her um, uh, eggplant, like stuffed eggplant dolma too. Mm -hmm. Really delicious. Those are probably my like grandma favorites <laughs> to cook is hard i like to cook a lot and it's like i don't know if it's like what to cook i don't know but it's like how much to cook i think is like kind of a favorite thing of mm. mine it's being able to like cook for the amount of people that needs to be fed like mm. that's one of my favorite things it's like and if it's 50 it's 50 if it's like 200 it's 200 if it's like 12 is like being able to kind of like make a menu like those are my favorite things about is about like kind of like trying to like make a menu or like make a dish and think about its layerings mm. and like and presentation to like 
especially since working in some restaurants, Mm -hmm. um, like being able to kind of like sculpt a dish Mm. and and be able to kind of give it to somebody to consume. Those are kind of my favorite parts about cooking. Mm. Um, To say simply, what is your favorite food to cook? I don't know. Thank you for listening to the Polygon podcast. Visit thepolygon.ca to learn more about this episode. This podcast is produced by the Polygon Gallery in North Vancouver, located on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting our work by making a donation. Visit thepolygon.ca slash donate to find out more. <laughs>